I haven't watched that other one. Have you? I think that's no. the Kagagurum. Kagagurum, yes. Yeah. Is that the theme song? Something like that. It's very jazzy. Hold on. Kagaguri theme. Okay. Sorry, I didn't hear anything you said. I was listening to the Kagaguri. Guriai? Whatever. Hello. What's up? How you doing? <laughs> it's me, Chris, a.k.a. Time Burrito, with... Nate. A.k.a. A. Little Teapot. <laughs> um, yeah. How you doing? Welcome to another another episode of Space Time Talker. Low energy. Low energy day. I spent the majority of the day out and about running, about running around. Uh, mm. Relocated the entirety of my desk. I'm no longer in the same spot. I'm still in the same place because, you know, we're here. Um, but it went from over there to over here because I'm getting everything prepped for Extra Life. That's right, Extra Life 2021. Will it be bigger than 2020? No. Will it be as exhausting? Yes, because it always is. 24 hours, it's worth <laughs> it, though. It's for charity, for the kids. Join us on the date that I will make magically appear here. I'm going to go, and it'll be there. That's right. Extra Life, 24-hour live stream, starting November 13th at 8 a.m. I think I said 9 before in the past. I lied. It's 8 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> We're going from 8 a.m. November 13th all the way to 8 a.m. November 14th. And then November 15th, I took off, and I'm sleeping all fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> Usually I just sleep all day on Sunday. Because it hits eight, and I'm like, thank you, good night, good morning, mm. and then I go to bed. That's where I get cute pictures of me laying in bed with all the cats on me. But anyway, hey, it's another week. It's been two weeks. It's been a very, I don't know. I feel, you know, I've consumed a lot of media in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you? I've consumed a decent amount of media, but a lot of stuff was rewatches. Um, for some reason, I got the urge to rewatch all of Kill the Kill and did that in like three days. Ooh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Why sorry? I love it. Um, <clears throat> again, a lot of rewatching for me is rewatching something with a more critical perspective, finding things in it that I like and don't like. Um, there's almost nothing I don't like about Kill the Kill, honestly. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny to me because, as, like, you, you talk about the fact that the way you watch things is very different than me. Like, I watch things, like, I can kind of look at them critically to a certain extent. Um, mm -hmm. But, like, if I'm just in it, I, I can just be in it to enjoy it. Um, yeah. And that is a show I did not enjoy. I tried. Mm -hmm. I've tried multiple times. Can't do it. Um, I don't know. You love it. I'm not, I don't hate on other people for loving things. Yeah. Uh, what else have you watched? Sorry, I'm writing things in as Nate is to set talking about things, and I hope to take in that hint. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I did watch all of Black Widow. Now that it's free on Disney Plus. Oh, we can finally uh, talk about Black Widow. Yeah, it's it's a fun movie. 
I enjoyed it for what it was. It's definitely not like the best of the best when it comes to Marvel films. It it could have been so much better, um, mm-hmm. and that's and to be honest, the movie could have stayed exactly the same. Movie nothing. Yeah. They didn't have to change anything. All they had to do was cut an after credit scene, and mm-hmm. uh, put this out before Endgame. Yeah. I think that we this movie would have been so much better and so much more impactful if it had led into Endgame. Well, yes. If it was before Endgame, definitely. Um, again, it's an enjoyable movie. Taskmaster is probably one of the coolest villains <laughs> in a Marvel movie so far. Um, and the way they explain Taskmaster's abilities makes it believable and grounded within that universe. Um, Florence Pugh carries that movie so fucking hard <laughs> i'm so so excited to see her in future properties yes. um but she she carried the movie like 100 percent. i'm sorry like scarlett johansson don't get me wrong she's a great actress but florence Pugh outshined her in every scene they were together in by like leaps and bounds um even with a horrible accent yes then of case of course you've got some stars in the cast you've got uh david arbor playing red guardian um You've got Olga Krylenko playing Taskmaster, which was sort of the big twist in the film. Yeah. Um, and you've got Rachel Wise playing their fake mom, Melina. <laughs> um, Who, by the way, stand by it. Still beautiful woman. Yes. Love that woman. She's incredible. Um, the great thing about hearing David Arbor and Florence Pugh speak is they're putting on, like, the most hammed-up Russian accents you could possibly imagine. <laughs> um. But it works. It works for that movie because it's like everybody's doing it, so everybody's in on the joke the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you want like just a goofy dad character, I think David Harbour is who you cast anyway. Oh yeah, he was um, great. Like that, people gave a lot of shit to him for that uh, Hellboy movie. I really enjoyed his Hellboy. Um, the movie itself needed a lot of work, but like him playing that character, I thought was hilarious. I thought he fit it pretty well. Obviously, it sucks to try and like live up to um, what people look at as the perfect Hellboy with, um, oh fuck, what's his name? Uh, I'm horrible at remembering actors' names when I <laughs> need to remember them. Hellboy, actor, uh, Ron Perlman, boom. Yes. I got there. Eventually. War never changes, Ron Perlman. Would you say? The world War never, never changes. Change. Yeah, War, War, War never changes. Change. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I really enjoyed, <laughs> if, if Black Widow did anything, it made us excited for, uh, Florence Pugh to be part of this yep. universe. Um, and ho- yep. hopefully we're seeing her in November with, uh, Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Since she's well, being lied to and told that Hawkeye killed her sister. Yeah. We're probably going to see her in Hawkeye. We're probably going to see probably a Dark Avengers kind of thing with the whole Valentina showing up and recruiting her. Because um, we already got that with U.S. Agent. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's going to be some some shakeups in the future MCU. No one really knows what's coming for Phase 4, at least detail-wise. Yeah, so, I mean, we have plenty. Of, I mean, fuck, Phase 4 movies are crazy. Yeah. And uh, again, it's going to be a it's going to be a building where, you know, we get 
all of the movies to establish new characters, to give stories to characters who already exist, change them in different ways, and then we'll get, you know, eventually we'll see a big bad somewhere. Yeah. Um, but who knows? I, I really don't know how much steam the MCU honestly has left in it. I hope an infinite amount, but... <laughs> so, there's... um I can't remember who it was. It might have been Straw Hat Goof. Goof Goofy? I can't remember. It's Goof or Goofy. Uh, on TikTok. Um, he's a big Marvel movie guy, just movie guy in general on uh, multiple platforms. But uh, I think it was him that was referring to phase four as the throw everything against the wall, see what sticks kind of phase. And mm-hmm. I'm actually a big fan of that. Um, Cause this year, like I have the phase four thing up. We had black widow already. We already had Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi, which fucking amazing. We already talked about that. We loved it. Uh, we have Eternals next month, which I'm super excited for. Uh, mostly cause I want to see um, Kumail in a movie. <laughs> A, a non-full <laughs> comedic movie. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we're ending the year with Spider-Man, which the more that comes out and the more that is talked about makes it seem like this is the last MCU Spider-Man film. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe he'll come back for Doctor Strange if something's going on with that, but like, that's this year. Ends with Spider-Man. Next year starts with Doctor Strange too. So immediately, boom, the world is open. The worlds are open. Um, mm-hmm. To the point where, like, there's been some leaked, leaked stuff. And this, I will be very, like, I don't have the right spoiler thing, but I, I, I can put some kind of spoiler thing. I'll be like, hey, there are spoilers about abound right now. Um, <laughs> but there's supposed, supposedly some uh, pre-viz assets going around of Scarlet Witch fighting um, Professor X. Uh, mm-hmm. Now this could obviously be fake. Anybody could fake that kind of shit. The, the quality of the, the images and everything. I'm like, oh, this could be like a student project or some shit like that. Um, but we're also going into the multiverse so who the fuck knows? Disney owns yeah. all that. They could literally be like, oh hey here's a quick like, ooh, fuck around. Getting the fucking out. Getting the fuck out. Back out. Don't touch on it again um Mm -hmm. but like the fact that 2022 starts with no idea and then we go into the rest of that year is um thor love and thunder which is where we Mm -hmm. get female thor um black panther 2 which i don't know what the fuck we're doing what they're doing with that (laughs) um and then Captain America 2, which... Or Captain America, Captain Marvel 2, which is actually just called The Marvels now, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Which I can't fucking wait. Which means, before November 11th, obviously, hell, hopefully before even earlier than that, um, we'll get the Miss Marvel show. Um, mm-hmm. Which I can't fucking wait. We have the Hawkeye show. It It's upsetting to me, because Miss Marvel was originally supposed to be slated before Hawkeye. Um... And I guess it, they had to switch them or something. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, what, else, what do we have in 2022 movie TV show wise? Yeah, we still have She-Hawk. Here's the thing: these hell have 2022. I don't know if they're actually 2022 at this point still. But we still have She-Hawk, Moon Knight. These are all TV shows: She-Hawk, Moon Knight, Secret Invasion, Iron Heart, which is going to have to come after Black Panther 2 because I'm pretty sure that Ironheart gets introduced in Black Panther 2 
or at least the new mm-hmm. character. Uh, then Armor Wars. And then, I mean, we have the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special and the I Am Groot, which is like a short, fun series. But there's yeah. so much. And I haven't even touched on the last, like, the last movies that we know are slated for Phase 4. Because, um, I mean, that's what we got. Guardians of the Galaxy 3. The mm-hmm. fuck? Which is, now we know, has a fucking... Fuck, what's his name? People have been praying for him to finally show up for this goddamn series. I can't remember his name right now. They cast him. Adam? Adam Warlock? Adam Warlock, that's it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, We got Blade, which I can't fucking wait. Uh, We got Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, which I can't fucking wait because Krang comes back. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then supposedly the last movie of Phase 4 is supposed to be Fantastic Four. Wait, you said Krang. I think you mean Kang. Kang, yeah. Krang is Krang is uh, Krang is Pete Turtle. <laughs> Thank like, you. What? Krang's in the MCU. Krang, what? Hey, you know what? You know, <laughs> hey, you know, I'm pretty sure there's some lore, some lore where like the turtles are created by the same accident that created uh, Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> you joke. Oh, they just announced, or they've just detailed that there's a fucking Agatha show in the works. There you go. God damn. We got so much that, it, and that's the thing. If it's if this is a we're gonna throw everything against the wall, see what sticks. I'm fine with it. Do that. Have fun. Mm-hmm. You can build a universe without having to have them directly link from the get go, kind of thing. Like the after credit yeah. is the best way to link these things sometimes. Um, Shang Chi. Yeah, I was gonna say Shang Chi, perfect example. It. Sure, you had. Uh, fuck. Wong and. Um, Abomination? Abomination. In there. Mm-hmm. Which, boom, that's Hulk and Doctor Strange. But they could have just left it at that, not mentioned anything else, and that would have been fine. It takes, yeah. it takes place in the same universe. doesn't have to be like, hey, because this happened, this happened. They do, mm-hmm. because that's just how Marvel has been working it since literally the beginning. Um, <laughs> which is still the most ridiculous part. Um, but yeah, I, I'm so excited to see anything just do what you want we're at that point that they could be like hey we got howard the duck the movie coming out i'm like fine mm-hmm. i think you can do it right now <laughs> yeah i you know what i just need three words being announced for one of these movies do you know what those are i have no idea uh director kevin smith <laughs> <laughs> He's been doing he's been doing CW shows for the last couple of years. Uh, I was watching the DC fandom and um, Melissa Benoist, Benoist, however the hell you say her name, actual Supergirl. Uh, mm-hmm. She was talking about that was like one of those they were just doing questions because the show's over basically. Uh, yeah. And the question was like, what's your favorite part from an episode? And she was like, it's not only my favorite part, but it's also in my favorite episode. And it was one of the Kevin Smith episodes. I'm like, that that is a great thing to fucking hear. Um, so I would I would just fucking love for him to be able to get anything, whether it be a show or a full movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, among sort of the all-star cast of directors in the MCU, I mean, we've got John Favreau, we've got Taika Waititi, we've got Ryan Coogler. You've got James Gunn to an extent. Um, no, not to an extent. Scott Harrison, like <laughs> Joe Russo, Alan T- Uh Who else do we have in here? I don't think... 
No, I don't think Andy Serkis has yet worked on an MCU movie no, as a standalone director don't, yet. Don't let him. Don't don't let him. <laughs> Remember, he did. Uh, you know, technically, technically, because Venom two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it takes place in a uh, multiverse MCU film. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean, you've already got sort of this all star cast of directors. You have not just worked on movies, but also a lot of the Disney Plus mm, series yeah. as well. Um, and. You know, to see someone like Favreau especially come out in his own, not just as an actor, but a director. Like, the man's got film chops, for certain. Yeah. I mean, Indeed one of his chops. best movies... One of his best movies is Chef. Like, that's an amazing film. And I think it's highly underrated, because people who knew, who even knew who John Favreau was at the time knew him as happy in Iron Man. Like, it's like, oh, it's the Iron Man guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, hell, if... If you don't believe in what he can do, look at fucking Mandalorian. Between him and, uh, him and, I can never remember his name, but the guy that does all the animated stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, no, I don't know. I, I trust them. I don't know. Like, that's one of those things. If, if we had gotten this far and they just made some really shitty cash grab movie, and this is where people will point out that people think that Black Widow was a cash grab movie, um, no, yeah. Black Black Widow was a movie that should have made, been made many years ago. <laughs> yeah, no, Black Widow was not a cash grab at all, and I mean you can't even say that now because there's evidence that it's not. I mean Scarlett Johansson is still in litigation with Disney. No, they, that. that's it's done. They they have uh, um, come to agreement. They paid her like a shit ton of money. <laughs> you know, in in my opinion, rightfully so. Sure, she's a rich person that doesn't need all the money in the world, but she doesn't. But if you're if you're working for that money, that's money you deserve. <laughs> yeah. If your if your contract says I make this much off of what we make in theaters, in only theaters alone. <laughs> I mean, just to put it in perspective, like okay, actors are actors and actresses, they're celebrities, they're whatever, you know, they're rich and so on and so forth. But it's not like they didn't work for that money. We just happen to live in a world where we pay them a lot of money to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and we gladly do, I guess. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I mean, I would say we gladly do, because at the end of the day, like, okay, we understand that, like, in in society, art is a commodity that's bought and sold, but we still appreciate that art for what it is, whether we're paying for it or not, right? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, how many people have pirated copies of these films already? Like, it's not like they didn't... talking about. <laughs> well, it's not like they didn't, they didn't enjoy the film, like, so... You know, whether we're paying for it or not, the art exists and people enjoy it as a piece of art. I was looking at the <laughs> trivia section for uh, Marvel Phase 4, and the first one is um, Phase 4 is the first phase to not have any Stanley cameos. I'm like, oh, I didn't want to read that. <laughs> All right. People get old. Yeah. It is sad, though. Ugh. So, Kim and I. Now that we're off Black Widow, obviously, if you haven't watched Black Widow, watch Black Widow. It's fun. It's a fun, enjoyable film. Um, a nice send-off for a character that deserved more, technically. Mm-hmm. The character deserved more, in my opinion. I don't think the actress that plays the character deserved more. <laughs> like, let her have her money. I, I don't think Scarlett Johansson's the, the best actress. Um, She's really not... Um, At least not in, like, super serious roles like this. Yeah, and the serious fell on her a lot for this movie. Um, well, 
the MCU has had a problem with, and this is probably going to spark controversy, but it's got a problem with some actresses who take themselves a little too seriously outside of their films. And I get sort of the, I guess I get sort of their drive to do that is they don't want to be overshadowed by the male cast, but also like lighten up for like a few seconds. These movies are supposed to be fun and entertaining. You don't have to like use this as a platform to send a message to people. <laughs> well, unless you're trying to send the platform that you don't trust science as a character that believes in science. Oh. God. Then you should shut the fuck up. Are we talking about Gwyneth Paltrow right now? Oh no, because she's she's done. She's if she comes okay. back, she comes back. Whatever I'm talking about, um, the actress that plays Sherry. Oh okay. She like had has been very anti-vax, anti all that fun, mm -hmm. anti-science basically, which yeah. people found ironic since her character is a scientist, like one of the smartest people on the planet. Um, right. I mean, we have to lend it to the MCU. They do science fantasy very well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, who are you talking about? Is it, was it, don't say, uh, don't say Brie Larson. No, I wasn't talking okay, about Brie good. Larson. Because fuck that um, shit, because that's a whole, she's had to deal with. Oh, I was shit. actually talking more about Gwyneth Paltrow than anybody else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like mm -hmm. when she was on, uh, speaking of Chef, um, John Favreau had like a cooking show on Netflix, and she did like a guest. She did a guest spot on an episode, and they were talking about uh, a scene that they had in a movie, and she she like completely forgot that she was in the movie. She thought she was filming some other movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like, oh, the one scene she's in in Spider Man Homecoming, right at the end. She's like, what? I didn't. I'm not in Spider Man. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> Like you got you got money for that movie. I hope so. I hope you got paid for that movie. Um, oh boy. Who knows? After this, whole, well, you know what? That was Sony. We don't know how Sony does things. Yeah. No, I'm joking. Um, no, I, let certain people... It sucks. It sucks mm -hmm. because celebrities have a platform and have the audience that they can say something and get that message out. The problem is when it's a bad message. Mm -hmm. um, when it's anti-science, anti-fact, actual fact, not, you know, uh, last presidency facts. Um, <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, God. I'm afraid. <laughs> I don't even want to get to that. Um but no, off of that movie. Oh, you know what? I'll go into another movie I watched. But bam, uh, the other day actually, I just went to see Halloween Kills. Um, follow up to 2018's Halloween. And when I say follow up, I mean like literally the second after the movie ends. Um, lost my. Sleep. You lost what? Nothing. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> um, it uh, it was enjoyable, but it was not good. Um. It was a mess. It was a, when I want to. When I immediately think of ways to describe it, I, I immediately go to my feelings of Alien versus Aliens. I fucking love Alien. I think Alien is one of my favorite movies. Um, like mm -hmm. I didn't even see it until much later in my life, but like that movie is incredible. Aliens is shit to me. <laughs> like people love that movie. People praise that movie, but like 
the shift from alien to aliens i don't know why people are like this is the better movie i'm like it's not the better movie um well it's it's two different movies with two different moods right yeah so yeah um and that's kind of how i felt about this halloween still for the majority of the movie up until the end where um where uh jamie lee jamie lee curtis's uh laurie laurie strode um basically faces off against jason in her house that she had prepared to face off against did i say jason i said jason michael um (laughs) i have up on my screen something about horror movies and jason is one of the people so i'm like wait um yeah michael myers duh um but yeah, he she's like ready and prepared her entire house, and it's it's great. I love it. It's a very nice ending. It's a it's a fun end for mm-hmm. Michael coming back, fucking shit up, going through the town, doing his normal thing, and then it steers off to he's led to Lori, and Lori's like, I've been waiting on you, bitch. Has like mm-hmm. all these traps set up, traps sets or. Uh, gets him stuck in the basement fucking lights the house on fire and it's like all right peace you're dead we're out I'm sure i got <laughs> stabbed it happens let's go uh the next movie literally picks up right after that mm. and obviously he's not dead um but it kind of there's some nice parts and i enjoy the little bits here and there there's some nods to like the classic movie they spend a lot of time in the classic movie, in the original movie, like they cut cut back to the seventies, um, mm-hmm. and some I think some of it is actual re- using real footage, while other of it is like new versions of the I don't I don't know I don't remember I haven't seen the original Halloween in fucking forever, um, but the way that they filmed it, I feel like it was it was very much like eh, it might be real, might not I can't remember, um, but it hits a point where it's very non-stop we're going after him we're taking the action to him we're gonna fuck him up it's our job our town we're gonna work together just mobs running through a, the hospital running through the town and i'm like hey, this is not what i want out of a halloween movie <laughs> i like the the suspense the 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 not jump scare mm-hmm. it's like not jump scare but you're like ready for it you know that something's about to happen everything's a little too calm kind of thing um yeah that's the part of those movies I like, those kind of movies I like, the turning it into a semi-action film I'm like, no, I don't need that if I want an action film, I'll go see uh, London Has Fallen, or whatever the hell that movie's actually called London House Down That's London House Down that's the real name Um, and from what I hear I saw that they're doing another one, it's like Halloween Forever or some bullshit Um, I'm like, I I don't need that, just end end well, it's it's part of the nostalgia craze that has gripped pop culture lately. A lot of redos, remakes, updates on old franchises, um, continuations of old franchises with this movie is. But it is that difference between, even in the trailers, because I didn't watch this movie, but even the trailers I could see what they were going for. It is that difference between Alien and Aliens, where Alien was the suspenseful horror film, single xenomorph, going around a ship, terrorizing everybody. Mm-hmm. You get the big climax at the end. Where, of course, one character, your hero character, beats, you know, the big evil, basically. Um, Whereas Aliens is... And I enjoyed Aliens because I enjoy those sort of schlocky, you know, military-style movies. 
And that's what Aliens was meant to be. It was meant to, I mean, even the costumes, I think really Scott had mentioned, like, they were very much inspired by, like, Vietnam-era movies, um, Apocalypse Now and shit like that. So um, that's what he wanted to feel like. And it works for that, but it doesn't work for everybody because they wanted a horror film with yeah. an alien in it. Yeah, and that's why to me, and people give me shit for it sometimes, uh, I love Aliens 3. Uh, it's Alien in a Prison is basically all that movie is. Um, Alien Resurrection, I think everybody agrees, is shit. Uh, and anything made after <laughs> Alien Resurrection is shit. Yeah. Um, most people say Alien 3 is when it got bad. I'm like, hmm, I think it was it was a peak with Alien, Aliens, Alien 3, mm -hmm. Resurrection is like down on the ground, and then they just like try and jump off every once in a while. Because like parts oh. of those movies are okay. If I think of games I've played based on that franchise right is if you look at games like alien isolation that is a survival horror game right yeah, terrifying very much centered around very much made you to feel like you're playing very much the first alien movie mm -hmm. um but then i play games like fireteam elites and you're just slaughtering waves and waves of xenomorphs at a time it ceases to make the aliens scary anymore yeah, they're not really more of the, the aliens <laughs> kind of gameplay yes when i have an auto-aiming smart gun and i've got like a hundred aliens on screen at a time and i'm just mowing them down left and right it's like What's what's the point in this? That the, it's not scary. It's fun. Yeah. So one of the first weapons you get on the Demolisher class is a smart gun. Um, and the game has difficulty levels and stuff like that, so you can make it harder if you want to. But on the easy modes, it's just literally standing in one spot spraying. <laughs> you don't have to do anything. <laughs> have you played the most recent one? The most recent one. Alien game? Or is that the one you were just talking about? That, that was the one I was okay. talking about. Our team elite. Yes. Oh, I'm thinking of Colonial Marines or whatever. I know. Colonial Marines is, is old shit. hat. It is shit. It's a very bad game. By and far, Fire Team. I remember the first time I played Fire Team Elite. I'm like, this is the game Colonial Marines should have been. Was Colonial <laughs> Marines the one that you could also play as the alien in, like, you could climb on the ceiling and it was super discombobulating? It was. Um, they had a multiplayer mode where one team was Marines and one team was Xenos, and you had different types of Xenos, but they all had that climbing mechanic added to them. And it was disorienting because the camera would not shift perspective properly sometimes. So your camera may still be at ground level while you're on the ceiling and you really can't even see yourself anymore. Yeah. And then other times the camera would just do a massive wild 180 on you and you'd be completely lost as where you were going at that point. It was not a well put together game. Um, which just goes back to my history with Gearbox in general. Borderlands, a great franchise, love Borderlands, but when they start picking up other games from other developers in an attempt to, like, finish them and make them complete, they have this habit of, like, oh, we don't want to override anything the original developers did, even if it was utter crap. Like, well, that's like wasn't that, um, Duke Nukem? That was Duke yeah. Forever. Yeah, from like, whatever looking game at was hard. Yeah, you're looking at textures in the game that are literally from, like, the early 2000s when the game was being first made. Like, the game looks absolutely awful because none of the art direction fits together anywhere. <laughs> I don't it's, think it's so much they don't want to step on the other people. I think that it's more like, they already got this done, fuck it. Yeah, well, I don't know. If, if I was in their shoes, I'd be like, look, my, my reputation as a developer and as a publisher is on the line. Let's make sure we do this right. Yeah. But it didn't seem like Gearbox really cared. So, that's on them, I guess. <clears throat> it happens. Um, yeah, Halloween Kills. It's fun. Don't, don't, you know, wait until it's streaming, because it probably won't be long until it's streaming. I don't think it's already streaming. Um, I think this is, we're kind of starting to hit that no more 
same day release digitally um, or st- streaming, same day free streaming thing. Um, mm-hmm. But on the topic of uh, scary movies, scary things, because uh, since we are in Spooktober, um, oh my God, speaking of naming October different things for different companies, uh, did <laughs> you happen to see? So uh, NBC has a streaming app. Um, did you happen to see what their app, Peacock, uh, called um, the ho- the month of Halloween, October? Their like no. theme. It's uh, Peacocktober. Peacocktober. Please yeah. no. You want to let's let's take it one more step further. Um, so Peacocktober, uh, you know, I mean it makes sense, right? Why wouldn't you name the month of October? Uh, just put your name. October's in there. You can make it work cool. Uh, the problem is the color scheme that they decided to go with. Oh my god, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they kind of went a little uh, porn hubby. <laughs> yeah. Peak October. Oh no. NBC, get your shit together. You had to have known. Somebody. There's no way a marketing exec looked at that and said, that is clutch. That's no, what we need. here's the thing. There. The marketing exec looked and said, perfect. The guy that <laughs> did the actual design said, <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> I agree with you, sir. Please. <laughs> I can just imagine him being like, hey, we need this. They're all working from home still. It's like, hey, we need this. Then he's like, oh, okay. It happened to be like, oh, shit, I got Pornhub still open. That color scheme. <laughs> oh my goodness welcome to the hub okay so you have some other halloween things to yeah talk about. sorry i got distracted by the the cocktober <laughs> um peacocktober so kim and i have i think uh the last episode we had started watching midnight mass um either we started watching or we finished i can't remember we have now gone through and watched all of the uh, Mike. I think his name is Mike Ferguson. Let me now. I want to check Mike Ferguson. I don't think that's right. The more I think about it. Oh, excuse me. Now, what's his name? Hill House Creator. It's Mike something Flanagan. Mike Flanagan. Um, he created. The Haunting of Hill House, uh, The Haunting of Bly Manor, and then most recently this year he put out uh, The Haunting of, or not The Haunting of, um, Midnight Mass. All Mm -hmm. of which, on their own, fantastic for different reasons. Also, not perfect for their own reasons. Um, (laughs) One of which is he, he's one of those people that uh, his wife is in everything he makes, and his wife is not, personal, personal opinion, is not the best actress. Um, mm-hmm. She works sometimes, but I think overall uh, she she's very hit or miss kind of character or actress. Um, but all three series fantastic for their own reasons. Um, very spoopy, very very good with the scares. Uh, I think the least scary is definitely Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass is much more a suspenseful what's going on who's what who's doing this who's the the bad guy how is this working what's the plan kind of thing um mm-hmm. 
so that was actually really really my favorite uh i prefer like that kind of thing um with creatures there were creatures it wasn't just ghosts uh blind manor was i like there were they actually the creators describe it as basically a um gothic romance uh mm -hmm. so like compare it more more on the line of um something like uh crimson peak if you ever watched that if you haven't it's on netflix fantastic movie um tom yeah. hiddleston's in it uh <laughs> everybody loves tom hiddleston um no joke i'm pretty sure everybody does um but no i i thought it was really good uh that was the first one both the midnight mass and uh blind manor are the ones that um raul coley stars in mm -hmm. who if you aren't familiar he plays the uh what's the term of the guy that runs the morgue <laughs> remember um he's like lives boss in iZombie the deathologist for uh for iZombie um that's where I met him I met him I that's where I know him from the most mortician, um, mortician that's it no mortician <laughs> Adams that's right I didn't think about that um He's fantastic, fucking hilarious, and he is. Uh, after seeing him in these, I'm like, I need him in more serious roles. I want him to do more than just be the funny guy. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I think he could. Uh, the first one, Haunting at Hill House, is like the most jump scary, oogie boogie, ghosty kind of uh, <laughs> series. Um, in like that. I, that was the one that I didn't watch fully. I was actually doing other stuff while Kim was watching it, so I was like half watching, half paying attention, like back and forth kind of thing. So I got the gist of the majority of the season, but I'm like, I, I'm okay with not. But it's, I'm glad because that was the one sh season that I'm like, or the one series that I'm like, I don't really care too much about this story. It didn't, it didn't grab me like the other two. Um, mm -hmm. I think by far Blind Manor might be my favorite of the three. And I'm really excited to see him do more because I, I mean, at this point, there's no way he's not going to do more with them. Netflix, yeah. like, Netflix will give people money even if they say horrible transphobic things. Um, <laughs> Please don't get me started. You are not. We're not going to get in that started. All we're saying is, if you side with Netflix and Dave Chappelle, go fuck yourself. We don't want you here. Um, that's it. I don't have to go any further with that. No, you do not. <sighs> <laughs> that, will be, that will be the whole episode, Chris. <laughs> nope, not gonna, not gonna. Um, so yeah, uh, I the only uh, the only thing that I've been reading other than I haven't read anything. No, I mean I have, I've been going. I'm back to random isekai uh, because I have fully finished Naruto, um, and then I tried Baruto, 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 uh, and it's just not good. It's not as good. Uh, Naruto, great. I, if you have not read, I can't recommend watching it. I can recommend you watching fight scenes, um, <laughs> but I can't recommend watching the anime because the anime is like eight times longer than the manga. Um, <laughs> but I highly recommend the manga. Uh, it's very good. I can, like, reading that, I'm like, I, I understand. I understand why people love fucking this shit so much. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I, the same thing with, like I was talking about before, it's the same thing with One Piece. The, yeah. the story is good the the content is good and I understand why people love it I just can't do the shows um, mm. Baruto I can't do either 
it's <laughs> it's not that it's it's too different, I guess. Like the best part of Baruto is stuff related to Naruto and Sasuke. Um, yeah. There's a specific thing that happens recently, and they just hit this point in the anime, which the anime is 200 plus episodes. 200 plus episodes. Yeah. There are 62 chapters of this fucking manga. <laughs> the first 20 episodes or something shit like that are all anime canon. So it, wow. the, the reason it's 200 episodes, the filler, not too bad. Anime canon. He basically, and this is the manga, mangaka? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's basically approved stories that he's like, yes, this is part of the mm. canon for this universe, but only in the anime. Doesn't mm. apply to the manga. Um, and I'm like, yeah, okay, cool, because I, I was, so I was very supportive of the fact that they did that for, uh, um, Black Clover, because mm-hmm. there's a time jump in Black Clover where they train instead of doing the time jump. They still do it a little bit but they kind of focus on their training and you get to see Asta get stronger. You see all the members get stronger and all that kind of shit. Um, and I'm yeah. like, okay, cool. I can support that because it's anime canon that fills in a time jump. This mm-hmm. shit was just it's too much. It's too much. And then the only thing that happens in the anime or the manga that I cared about fucking cried. I bawled my fucking eyes out because it was some, <laughs> no, well, cause it's something that directly relates to a relationship that's built up through Naruto. And I'm like, oh fuck, you just, you destroyed my heart right now. As somebody, no. as somebody that just, in a week, read the entirety of Naruto. <laughs> it's like, I just consumed 700 fucking chapters with these characters, and you just kicked me in the dick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, highly recommend reading Naruto, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> What year is it? 20, uh, 1980, 1990-something? Uh, <laughs> when, when did Naruto fucking start? I don't know. I'm going to say 95 or 98. Oh, 99. 99, jeez. First chapter of Naruto was published in issue 43. 43. Wow. That's crazy. Huh. This um, mug is old enough to drink. We all are. <laughs> Speaking of which, whew. oh, you have other things you watched, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you talk yeah. about that, and then I'll talk about this stupid shit that gave me okay. some palpitations. So, on a recommendation, a consistent recommendation for one of my favorite anime YouTubers, Mother's Basement, um, I started watching Kaiji Ultimate Survivor. Now, Kaiji has been running for its manga has been running for about as long as Naruto has. It started in the 90s. Um, Ultimate Survivor, I don't think, aired until like 2008, 2009. But I started watching it because he made a video saying that there's already a Squid Game anime. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so everyone who's watched Squid Game so far knows what that's about. Um, you know, the games are sort of the highlight of that show. But there's a lot of parallels between Kaiji and Squid Game that I guess people who, of course, haven't watched Kaiji would never draw par- never draw that connection to. Um, but Kaiji in and of itself is a gambling anime. Um, but with predictably very high anime-esque stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the parallels begin, like, almost right at the beginning. 
if you think of the story of Squid Game and how it starts, right, is so Song Gi-Han, your main character, he's basically a low-life gambler. He's living off his mom's back. He's trying to find a quick and easy way to earn a lot of money, and he usually fails at that. He's in deep with loan sharks, stuff like that, and that's basically how Kaiji starts. This guy has loaned out so much money and taken so much from other people and consistently gambles to the point it's compulsive and just can't stop himself. To the point his deeds basically catch up with him. And very much like in Squid Game, he's met by a quote-unquote mysterious benefactor who challenges him to a game. Um, a very this, attractive benefactor? <laughs> I don't I don't know how attractive he is. No, he's not as attractive. Man. I don't think so. The, the guy who meets Song Gi-hun in the train station is what I wish I looked like. <laughs> but anyway, um, channels him to a very simple game, but says, you know, if you win, I'll give you a lot of money. Otherwise, there's going to be consequences to you losing. And in Kaiji, it's a game of restricted rock, paper, scissors, meaning that they're playing rock, paper, scissors with cards that have the actual symbols on them. Oh. So there's a lot of strategy involved in how they play these cards to win each round of rock, paper, scissors. But um, beyond that, of course, he ends up ultimately, you know, getting entranced by that game and realizing how much money he can win. And just like in Squid Game, there's a very old guy who has more money than anybody could ever imagine and really can't be bothered to spend it on anything else. He's bored. And so... Oh, hey, by the he way, starts... spoilers for Squid Game. Yeah. <laughs> well, he starts a series of games with these gamblers, and Kaiji's put in these situations where it's like one game he plays... There's basically a drill attached to his each of his ears, and so the more he loses, the closer the drill winds up to destroying his eardrums Ooh. and causing him to lose his hearing. There's another game where he does lose several of his fingers um, to win. So, Kaiji is kind of a slow burn. It isn't that instant snappy death you get out of Squid Game for losing or failing a game, but you get this sense of consistent suffering throughout Kaiji. This guy's okay. going through a lot to earn his money. Um, I guess Squid Game is more psychological in that sense because you would figure after witnessing, you know, roughly 450 other people just instantly be murked for failing to do something as simple as cut a shape out of a piece of candy. Hey, like... man, you say simple. If you pick fucking uh, Umbrella, if you're you fucked. Umbrella, yes, you're done. Better get um... the licking. <laughs> but, uh, you know, one of the games... I believe was ripped right from the pages of Kaiji actually, which was the glass um, bridge crossing game. Um, it's a little different in Kaiji where they just have a single like inch wide iron beam to cross over a pit, but they are all wearing the numbered pennies like they are in squid game. Yeah. Um, and the pennies do determine the order in which they go. Um, and squid game, it's a little more cerebral because it's like guessing which panels there are. And you have the one guy who can kind of tell the difference between tempered glass and non-tempered glass and stuff like that. Um, so, honestly, Kim and I were like, I think it looks blue. I think yeah. it looks blue if it's tempered. Tempered glass always has a blue or green tint to it. It's very easy to tell the difference. Not, <laughs> not in the dark. Well, no, not in the dark. <laughs> um, which led me to believe, like, why didn't they just start the game in the dark if they really wanted it to be fair to begin with? <laughs> um, but I guess that's more for the spectators. Um, Though Squid Game, I have, I have problems with mostly its predictability and its sort of themes that people have been touching on, but I won't get into that now. Um, we can. 
I mean, I guess we can. So I guess the, th the predictability for me is the show became really predictable for me when they started playing the Marbles game, which is kind of late in the show, actually. It's like four but, episodes in, I think. Yeah. It, it became predictable for me when the guy who plays uh, Jong Duk Su, the sort of gangster guy, um, switches the game up and challenges him to tossing marbles into the hole. And I was like, well, he's going to win, right? But then they do this sort of slow-mo effect where he's down to one marble, the other guy has tossed all his marbles, so if he gets it in the hole, he just automatically wins. And I was like, but oh, no. he's going to win. Six That's <laughs> six episodes in, yeah. Like, I just, I just knew that he was going to win. Yeah. I knew... At some point, I forget where I knew, I think it was during the Marbles game, actually, where the old guy knew he was being tricked, that I knew he's got to be the guy who, like, leads this shit. Like, he's got to be the guy who's in deep. And the number kind of gave it away right as well. If they made him, like, a random number in sort of the middle of the pack, mm -hmm. it may, may have not been so obvious for me, but to make him number one, and to be the one guy that, you know, Song Gi-hoon is trying to protect the entire time, I was like, this is, this is a little much. I didn't expect it to end the way it did because I thought he was going to be more like, oh, well, you protected me and you try to take care of me so much until that one time. And that's why I let you live for so long. But that's, of course, not how it ended. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, um, like I. Uh, that episode, I think I was just too into the episode to even think about that side of it because it mm -hmm. really was. I'm like, yeah, this old dude is because like in yeah. the first episode, he's so happy and excited. And I'm like oh, maybe he's done this before. Maybe this isn't his first round through or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. But that episode, when it gets to the point, it, he really is the the showing of, again, whether it is him playing it up more because he wanted to, um, but that the almost the dementia aspect of it, yeah. uh, the fucking hit really hard. Um, mm -hmm. And so in that episode where he makes that decision to like, fucking lie fucking lie to get his way to win and i'm like yeah i well, i guess we have to be reminded that he's not a good person um mm -hmm. like up until this point there are things that he does and says that i'm like oh he's trying he has some kind of moral compass until yeah. it is directly affecting him where it's like no no i do still have to go for myself um mm -hmm. well i think at the end of the day i think the question being presented to the viewer at that time is what would you do in that situation Right. It's like, personally, I've dealt with a lot of people who have experienced dementia and Alzheimer's in my lifetime. Um, Fuck, man. You're just thinking about characters that you, we don't focus on. You basically have the main, like, six or seven. I can't remember off the top of my head. But mm -hmm. the fact that there's the, the husband and wife couple, that mm -hmm. that whole thing is they're like, we have to team up. Everybody gets partners. And it's like, oh, we go with people we trust. And that's when it's like, hey, one of you is going to fucking die. Um, yeah. That that was heartbreaking. That whole episode yeah. is fucking heartbreaking. Besides dumb oh. cunt. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, we of course get the ultimate betrayal. Top ten anime betrayals in that episode. Fuck, <laughs> Fuck that piece of shit. Yeah. So I think Sung everybody, Sungwoo. Yeah. Sung I think Woo. everyone thinks Sungwoo is a big dickhead for betraying Ali, and um, the fact that Sungwoo also makes it to the end was also kind of tearing for me because one of my best one of my favorite characters my favorite character actually has to die for him to get to the end which um, <laughs> makes no sense no um, it doesn't <laughs> because it really is set up where it's like hey final game it can only be two-player game so we knew she was gonna die 
But the way Kong Sabat gets taken out is just fucking stupid to me. All the glass panels exploding and her just happened to take a big yeah. hit from that. I was like, they just, they forced this in here. Yeah. Like, this was so contrived. I mean, um, it, it let you get to the end where with, uh, what's his name? Gung-hee? How do you say his name? Yeah. Um, he, uh, he gets all the money. Spoilers. Sorry. We're spoiling this thing. It's been over. It's almost, yeah, it's been a month. Um, yeah. He gets the money. He takes half the money. The other half he gives to uh, Sungwoo's mother. And at mm -hmm. the same time gets... What's the, your girlfriend's name? <laughs> Kong Sebat. Yeah. Um, gets her out... Or her brother out of uh, like an orphanage, basically. Um, yeah. To find... Basically give her a new son, almost. Mm -hmm. Uh not saying, hey, your son's dead, here's a new one, but, like, basically doing <laughs> that. Um, and, hey, don't worry, here's plenty of money, uh, even though you still technically have to give most of this money away because you no longer own your home. Yeah. And we're, I, let's, we're not going to touch on that. But Greetings, old lady. You had insurance on your son, right? Here's a new one. <laughs> so, and that's the thing. I have been, it's been, fuck this man since episode three. Um, mm hmm the moment he knew what was going on and didn't stop stop him yeah. from picking the umbrella um like well, good on him good in ingenuity he knows what to do he's like oh i know <laughs> like <laughs> well i mean even more predictable moments in the series for me were the um <clears throat> when the cop is looking for his brother yeah when he finally gets the book and sees that his brother has won a squid game before i was like He's got to be the front man. Yeah, he's front like, man. Like, the moment that happened, I'm like, it's front man. It's front man. Yeah. Uh, they wouldn't have not shown his face uh, because if they had shown his face, mm -hmm. nobody would know who it was. The fact yeah. that they didn't show his face and he knew that it was his brother or whatever, it's like, oh, mm -hmm. okay. It's his brother, who's a character we haven't seen. Well, Duh. that and just... One of the things that annoyed me very much was sort of the seemingly shifting loyalties of all the staff. Um, I mean, the organ transplant thing, whatever, that's a nice little B-plot for a little while, but, oh, yeah, the fact that, you know, once the cop catches up with one of them and he's, like, begging for his life and saying, you know, I can get you in on this and we can make a lot of money and so on and so forth, yeah. I'm like, what happened to this supposed, like, loyalty they've been brainwashed into to keep this a secret? <laughs> um, well, I think that I was, I think that was more of it than being his brother. It's like, hey, yeah. don't, don't do this. We can be well, fine. Everything will be fine. Well, with an operation that big and that unrealistic, I mean, obviously, like, you're bound to have some snakes amongst the pack. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I do like the fact that once we get to that point where you have all the, uh, the VIPs showing up that have been betting on these people, I'm like, oh, this is, it is very much like a uh, most deadliest game without mm -hmm. you having to do shit. Um, well... It reminded me a bit of one of the Purge movies. I think it was Purge Anarchy, where they're like actually rebelling against the organizers of the Purge at yeah, some point. I never watched any of them past one. Or even, even the second Battle Royale movie, where the winner of the first Battle Royale literally goes yeah. and like forms the island with like a guerrilla army. <laughs> um, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. But the the thing for me is a lot of people who have reviewed this and who have examined this 
and take it as some grand critique of capitalism in general. And for me, it's just really not one of those. <laughs> um, because by the time you get to the end of the story, or even the middle of the story, right, is the way they present these VIPs is they're just hammed up representations of rich people looking to have a good time. Well, right? it's all Americans except for one Chinese dude. Yeah. They're like, they're sleazy, they're, you know, they're a little fucking weird and eccentric and stuff like that. We get that, whatever. Maybe. It's supposed to be... Yeah, they're supposed to be fucking characters of that kind of person, right? But the fact is, is none of them face any consequences for their actions, except one of them, who happens to get caught. <laughs> um, Does he bite his dick off? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, is uh, it full off, or is it just like, I bit your dick, <laughs> <laughs> um, But like, or I don't think he bit his dick off. He like tore his nuts off, I think. <laughs> uh, okay. Um so I, I will say the one thing that we lose in general, whether you watch it subtitled or du if you watch it sub or dub, we Please do lose a lot. Well, here's the thing. The dub, from everything that I've seen, the dub is almost exactly word for word what the sub is for the American version. It is word for word. The, the, the performances in the dub are oh, absolutely yeah. awful. Oh, yeah. Dub. Um, <laughs> I... I don't. I wouldn't have been able to get Kim to watch the entire thing if it was subtitled. Um, I have no problem with sub. She sometimes doesn't either. But for this, uh, she's very. She likes doing the watch and do things at the same time. Um, but from everything I've seen, it like you said, it's the same same words, same story being told. Um, it's just it. I even reading things, even reading what the differences are. I'm like, oh yeah, this you lose so much context with this because of the translation and everything. Um, it's still fantastic. I fucking loved it. Uh, I hate that we're getting another one. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted it to be over. I thought the end with the old man was... I thought it was a good ending. I thought him basically um, getting out, surviving, getting the money, but not fucking touching it. Giving, mm -hmm. the, giving the half to... Uh, I guess the half didn't happen until the end, but still, like, living however many months, like, six months or something mm -hmm. like that, not touching any of that money, living the same way he had been. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. I understand. Yeah. You, you feel it's guilt. It's basically blood money to you. Um, yeah. I mean, he, in the end, he doesn't kill the, I, I don't think he kills anybody directly. No. Um, he doesn't really involve himself directly in anybody's death. Yeah. Um, he believes that, of course, he's killed the old guy. Um, yeah. But, of course, we find out that's not true anyway. Which I think um, kind of makes him feel... I think that... I mean, it definitely is the moment where he's like, no, I'm fucking taking this money. I'm using this mm -hmm. money now. Because um, he wins that final bet against him, too. I But I, mm -hmm. I actually really like that scene. I really enjoyed that dynamic between them all the way to the end. Um, mm -hmm. Which is why I was so... I think that's what hurt me the most for that because i think he's the last one to get killed off in episode six uh i yeah. think um your girlfriend's friend gets killed first mm -hmm. which yeah. that that gets fucking i knew that was the one that i'm like i knew it was gonna happen the mm -hmm. moment the moment they started having the conversation the moment they're like hey one round everybody wins fuck it i knew she was gonna die but i didn't want her to yeah <laughs> it was very sad and for me I got like mad shipping vibes between the two, so I'm like, please don't die. Let me have my have my cute girl ship at the end of this. Oh my god. It's not how it works. Not how it works. <laughs> oh god. Uh, 
But beyond that, I mean, just as a critique of like all these social problems that people say quit Squid Game is, for me, it's not. It is an enjoyable show. Um, I don't think it has anything really to say to people except more of a like, what would you do in these situations kind of thing. Die. Um, probably you know, die. Probably die. I mean, you have to think the odds are against you anyway. <laughs> um, and there's really no like fighting back against the system once you're on the island. That's the thing. Is they've yeah. got everything so well, controlled and such. Well, you fucked up my camera. Ignore me. Ignore everything. <laughs> they got. Um, they have such control over everything, and you're on this pretty much deserted island, except for this massive compound yeah. that they've built. That, you know, what are you going to do at the end of the day? Um, I don't know. I just think it's it's a fun show, but it's not. It's not as deep as I think some people are trying to make it out to be. <laughs> Yeah, I, and that's the thing. There's a lot of shows that I think people assign more to just so they can make it out to be a, be a bigger show. And I'm like, I mean, it, it's a good show. It doesn't have to be, like, world-changing, mind-changing, like, complete mind-shattering kind of series. Not well, everything is Steven Universe, okay? It seems like this happens, though, every time any kind of death game-themed thing comes into the American market as sort of a piece of pop culture is we're i don't know i guess that. it's because i watched stuff like battle royale at a young age it doesn't just like shock me anymore that this is a theme for something um yeah the people that are like oh they copied uh this this show is basically copying um hunger games or i'm like mm -hmm. no it's just a thing it's a genre Not really it's a genre hunger, it is a genre and hunger games is more of a copy of battle royale than anything and I mean, if anything, Squid Game is just Fall Guys, the live action. Um, I mean, think about it. The fucking glass plane, there's literally, in the original game, there is a game like that. Yes. I immediately thought about that. You know, in Fall Guys, when you when you fall, you don't just permanently end your existence. <laughs> Which, I don't know. I Again, Squid Game is enjoyable. I, I get it as a piece of media. I don't think it's a critique of any big social issue. Hi, Kim. But I would say at this point, if you've if you've listened up till now and you've heard all the spoilers, it's still a good show to watch, even if you've had it spoiled for you. Um, there's we still some suspenseful. We didn't spoil everything, and there's still suspenseful moments in it. The games themselves are interesting, there's and I think dog. the best. I think the biggest appeal of the games is the same weird appeal that mobile ads have, where it's like mobile game ads have, where you watch someone obviously do the wrong thing in a mobile game ad, and they've got their hooks into you because you're like, I could solve this easily. So you download the game and you solve the puzzle, and you're like, yeah, I'm smart. And it's like, <laughs> that was just the people who made the ad were purposely being dumb. <laughs> the problem is that that puzzle is never in the game. Every yeah. time I see that, like pull the right things to get the money to fall and you get the money and not die. I'm like, make this a game. I would play this. <laughs> well, that's the thing about Squid. I, I know a lot of people watch Squid Game like, oh, well, if I were in this game, this is what I would do. And that's sort of where the appeal of just watching the games comes from. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we should talk about video games. <laughs> Probably. I didn't play anything, anything, so you go ahead. Well... I played. So here's the thing. All right, let's let's go on to Back for Blood first. Uh, I played okay. during the beta. Um, really enjoyed it. I want to get back into it. Oh shit! I was planning on playing that today, tonight. I forgot. Um, <laughs> but real fun. Uh, it it really took me back to like Left 4 Dead time. Um, mm -hmm. 
some parts it felt a little bit too intense. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I feel like even on lower difficulty, it was still like, hey, we're just fucking you up. We're sending okay. zombie after zombie. You are not game making it. is harder than Left 4 Dead for sure. Yeah. Um, much harder. Um, what I will say is Back for Blood loses some of the charm that Left 4 Dead had. had. You're not really... You're not really attached to the characters like you were in Left 4 Dead. Yeah. Um, no there's here. really no grand story that you sort of get from that you got in Left 4 Dead. That being said, the game is fun in its own right. Um, the only thing I have with it is the game can be very annoying at times. Um, the way the director sets itself up in this game, and not even just from the cars that the director gets to use, but the fact that when you were directing in Left 4 Dead, or even just having the AI director command things, is special infected were somewhat rare, and they were always there to make the game a little bit spookier in certain senses. Yeah. Right? When you heard that growl from a hunter... Oh, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. the witch was like the perfect mood setter. It's like, ah, I'm going to be oh, yeah. quiet. Yeah, the witch was a great mood setter because normally you're just running and gunning through zombies, and now you have this moment where you have to take a brief pause and be really careful about what you do. Um, whereas in, in Back for Blood, the game is quite literally just throwing a special infected at you almost every chance it gets. They're just among the horde, so they don't feel so much special. Yeah. It's just another bullet sponge enemy to take out that's a little bit harder than the rest, right? Did they finally fi- fix the spider one? Because the spider yeah. one was at the point where, like, if you if they spiderwebbed everybody, you couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. It was basically oh, yeah. a fail, but you had to wait, like, ten minutes for them to fucking mm-hmm. kill you all. Yeah. Um, that being said, again, the game is fun in its own right. They added a lot more weapons to the games with weapon attachments as well to change how the weapons behave. Me and James found out that you can actually PvP in the firing range at the base. Oh, <laughs> you can just wow. shoot each other to death. That sounds fun. Um, um, beyond that, uh, the runs in this game are a lot longer. You basically try to survive as long as you can through each level. Um, until you finally run out of continues and then you reset. The deck building system and cards are really neat way to sort of change the way you play the game um, to find out what play style works best for you and to sort of help also counter some of the cards that the director will use against you. Um, The characters in the game all have their own abilities, which some characters synergize really well. Some other characters could probably use some work on. For example, there's a character in the game who gets, like, when he gets a precision hit, he gets bonus accuracy, which is useful, but he loses it as soon as he doesn't get a precision hit. Now, when you have a horde of zombies coming at you, it's hard to shoot every single one of them in the fucking head. Like, that's just not going to happen. So, some of them need some tweaking and some work. Um, Other than that, I still recommend playing the game, especially if you have friends to play it with. Playing with AI partners isn't so bad. The benefit of AI partners is they spot everything for you all the time. (laughs) Um, but you're not the best shots in the world. Yeah, and they don't react very well to taking damage. They kind of just stand there and let zombies beat on them. Um, that being said, playing with randoms is a fucking nightmare, honestly. They took out the ability to make lobbies private because they wanted to test their matchmaking for some reason. That's so weird. And so I had to play with randoms, and in one of the first missions, you're running across a bridge and you have to get to a ferry. If you jump off the ferry, you go into the hanging animation. Two people, almost when we were about to complete this mission, somehow found their ways jump found themselves jumping off the fucking ferry. 
and we had to take the fail and just get through it again. Oh my god. Can you is like can you build up a party before you hop in the game or is it just like you have to be oh, yeah. fast? Okay. No, you can build up a party before you hop in the game, but for some reason we couldn't make any lobbies private when we first started playing. That's annoying. Um other than that, two sort of minor games I've played. I downloaded a game from Game Pass called Art of Rally. Rally is probably my favorite racing discipline overall. It is Crazy. super intense, and it really tests the abilities of drivers and also the navigators. Art of Rally is a fun little sort of light game. It doesn't really require you to use a lot of skill or anything like that or know a lot about racing. Just a fun little game to play. You race from a top-down perspective. You're just trying to beat a time on a track like with a certain car. The the directions at you or something? No, it doesn't really do that either. Okay. You're kind of just driving. Um, it's a very minimalist aesthetic to the game as well, so it's a peaceful game to play, I guess you could describe it as. Well, so is this other game that you've been playing, Nate. Yeah, Maneater. Um, Maneater is fun. You play a fucking shark, you eat a lot of stuff. <laughs> you get bigger, you get more abilities. This is the one that I you played get as bigger, well. You get more abilities. When I found out there were only basically three like real item sets in the game that was disappointing for me i want yeah. them to have a lot more evolutions in the game they are adding, um, there's a whole expansion pack gotcha or a dlc thing yeah. um the the mechanics of the game are very simplistic there's not a lot to do as far as the game is concerned um that being said if you want a simple sort of open world ish game where you just get to basically swim around and wreak havoc this is probably the game for you um it's a fun game to at least burn some time on um, and then set down and come back to you later because it's not a game you really have to invest a whole lot of time into playing, honestly. Um, but yeah, I would say all three of these games are worth checking out, especially if you have Game Pass. All of these are available in Game Pass right now on Xbox. Um, and Back for Blood, of course, is the top tier one on this list right now. Yeah, um, Yeah, I'm so happy say... that Back for Blood is Game Pass because I probably wouldn't have bought it otherwise. I wanted to yeah. play it, but I just I knew I wasn't going to be able. I'm like, I'm like I can't justify yeah. a multiplayer multiplayer game. Well, if, if you like co-op horde shooters, Back for Blood is probably where it's at right now. Aliens Fireteam Elite still fun if you're into the Aliens franchise, but Back for Blood I think appeals to everyone on a broader scale. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just real think I'm like trying to quick think if I played anything. I hopped in. I've just been playing random. Um, what's that thing? Minecraft. Just playing Minecraft. For reasons, obviously, is yesterday we had uh, Minecraft World or Minecraft Live. They keep changing the name <laughs> on me. It's really confusing. Um, trying to think. Uh, yeah, like I still have. I'm just looking through the game, my recent played games, and like <laughs> I, I still haven't touched Deathloop. I need to. I want to play it so bad. I just haven't really. I haven't had the the like time slash the mindset to get into a game like that. <laughs> um, but. Speaking on, just so we can get into some news, so we can wrap some stuff up, because we're we kind of want we don't want to go a whole another two hours. We've been doing too many two hour long <laughs> podcasts, trying to get us back to like hour and a half hour. I know we're never going to hit an hour. Um, <laughs> we talk too much for that. Um, but no, there's some some really cool stuff. Uh, I uh, may or may not have when they had this whole talk about the fact that hey, it's ten years of Minecraft Live slash uh, Minecon or however they've called it. Um, may or may not have cried a couple of times because I am, a, I am like probably out of all of us the person that's played the most Minecraft. Um, 
but they've added some new cool stuff. Um, they announced that part two of Caves and Cliffs update, which we got announced last year, this time last year, uh, it will be out by the end of the year. Um, and they announced some of the stuff is actually being moved over to the wild update, which will be next year's update. Um, and that includes the warden and the, the uh, sound-based enemies and things that, like, you touch. It, can, it sends basically a red redstone pulse almost uh but in sound form um so that all that is being expanded on they instead of him just existing random throughout the world he is now in basically these undercities these forgotten abandoned undercities uh that you can find throughout the caves and he is actually underneath the ground like he will when when he is set off and alerted to your presence, he will literally like climb out of the ground and start hunting you. Uh, completely <clears throat> solely based off of sound. He smells, so I don't know if there's like a a, a, a scent factor that they're gonna in, mm -hmm. like, fully put in there. Um, but it's terrifying. Like they did a video. They had a whole video together. No no commentary over top of it. it was just you the the character in this underground city and being chased by this fucking terrifying mob um in the dark <laughs> like in the dark too uh perfect oh, wow. for halloween um but no we uh also got with the wild update um they announced new biome we're getting new trees we're getting uh mangrove trees which will exist in mangrove swamps um looks really cool i like the look of the thing look of everything mm -hmm. uh in those uh in the mangrove swamps, uh, you'll find mud blocks. Yes, that's right. Fucking decade of this goddamn game, and now we have mud. mud. Um, and while that sounds weird, they can be used to make uh, basically a renewable source of clay. Um, I don't know if that's going to mean regular clay is going to be not as popular, popularly generated, because it used to be you could find spots that it was like, here's 800 things of clay. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's actually kind of cool idea. Uh, we're getting, they call them fireflies. Uh, we call them, I don't know if everybody, but at least East coast people that I know call them lightning bugs, um, which will be food for frogs. We're getting frogs while everybody's like, who fucking cares? It's frogs. I care. A lot of people care. People like frogs. Do you know what's something that just happened and got announced that I didn't put on this list and I completely forgot about until just now? The frog chair. Froggy chair Absolutely. from Animal Crossing is coming back. Does that have anything to do with Minecraft? No, but I just happen to remember it. Froggy <laughs> chair is back. There's also more stuff for Minecraft and people are a little bit annoyed, but that's not Minecraft. Sorry, uh, Animal Crossing. But people are annoyed with Nintendo. We're not going to talk about that today. That's a whole other thing. Um, I'll complain when I get this stuff and it's not worth the money. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we got that uh yeah the oh the underground they're called it's called the deep dark that's what the word the the the, the biome is called the deep dark um dark. yeah i'm in i'm all in i'm all i i just love minecraft i've always loved minecraft um one of the coolest things though so obviously they did another mob vote uh in the winter was the allay which is basically here let's see it's an adorable flying mob 
can be given items, even those that don't stack, and will explore the chunk in it or it's in to find similar items that have been dropped. So basically, you throw at a thing, it finds more of that thing. Um, it's cute. I like it. Uh, yes, as the ally can't duplicate items, can't mine or destroy blocks for items, and can't take items from chests. Alay loves music, so it'll take items it has found and drop them off near note blocks. Um, the Alay is able to move around quite well, but is not able to leave loaded chunk. That's interesting. I didn't know that fully. Uh, and players are already strategizing how the lay might be useful for automatic farming. <gasps> oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Hmm. I'm mad because we had the the option of this, uh, the copper golem, which was a little golem you could make, and he would run around and just randomly hit copper buttons, um, which I thought was a cute idea. Uh, but more importantly, there was the... I can't even remember what his name was now. It's like the shade or something like that. Hold on. Is it still listed or is it even on here anymore? Oh, the glare. So the glare was this little mob that basically you found underground and he would let you know if it was dark enough in an area. He would go to an area and let you know if it was dark enough for enemies to spawn. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a really cool idea. Um, especially since we've had no way of doing that ever uh, without <laughs> mobs or uh, mods um, mm -hmm. but aside from that one of the coolest things that they've added or will be adding is uh, chest boats mm. so if you've played Valheim upside to Valheim is you can fill your boat with shit mm -hmm. um, same thing with chest boats just make boats with chests on them Think you are very <laughs> out of frame sorry <laughs> come back over here <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah there it, it looks really fun i'm really excited about it uh they've actually announced that they're working on um platform parody or type parody basically so if you're playing on java and then you import the world over to the bedrock edition it will for the most part almost be exact duplicates uh, there's some generation in the, the Java edition that is further ahead patch-wise, um, but they've worked on that, and I think that's a really cool idea. Which brings me to the last point, is finally, PC, PC Game Pass is getting Minecraft. Um, we've had Minecraft Dungeons, uh, which is also getting some cool expansions to just get you in there and play a little bit more. Um, but PC Minecraft is not only the Bedrock edition, which... I think most of us already have anyway. But you also have access to the Java edition. Which means you can now, with Game Pass, play modded Minecraft. Nice. Which I am 100% forcing my friends to do. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, and also, if you already have Java Minecraft, I highly recommend you doing the migration because they're force it's a forced migration, which is slightly annoying. I think it's a forced migration at this point. Um, you basically have to mi uh, migrate your Mojang profile over to your Microsoft profile. Uh, mm -hmm. So basically, when you'll just log in with whatever you use to log in on Xbox. Um, mm -hmm. Which is how, when they announced, when I got that email being like, this is a forced thing, you have to do this. I'm like, are we getting this on Game Pass? <laughs> <laughs> and I was right. Um <laughs> 
So yeah, Minecraft has some cool stuff. I'm excited. I always love Minecraft. I go back to it. That's my go-to. It's the only game I've been playing in my free time because it's the only game that I can like get enjoyment out of in any mood. <laughs> um, and the only other big thing I wanted to talk about was some of the announcements from DC Fandom. Fandom. I call it dumb. It was it was four hours. It was four hours long. It was four hours long that could have been two hours long. Um, like Minecraft, Minecraft Live was an hour. I think it was an hour long. Uh, maybe a little bit longer, maybe an hour and a half. It was worth it. I think it was good. The reason why that that had what it was is because they knew their audience. They know that their audience is mostly kids. And the mm -hmm. adults that are there will stick around and have the attention span to do what or put up with what they do. Because it was mm -hmm. never too much time in between announcements and showing off things. It was like, hey, here's a thing. Here's some fun fan art. Here's some creator stuff. Boom, boom, boom. Little interview things here and there. Never too much downtime in between. Um, and DC Fandom did, did not did not do that. Um, <laughs> not at all. Um, we got our first look at uh, Black Adam. We got a little bit of a clip of Black Adam. Looks, you know, mm -hmm. like a movie. Um, I can't really give you any other details on that because barely anything. It's literally Black Adam showing up and killing a guy, turning him into a skeleton, and that's it. Um, which, hey, you know what? You good? Um, the new Batman trailer? It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> that first Batman trailer, I'm so excited. I was so excited for this movie. This one happened, and I'm like, this is, this is happening. Um, I don't know. I wish we had seen less, I guess. Uh, of all of the the teasers and trailers and everything we got, the thing I'm most excited for, one, the Peacemaker movie. If you saw, um, or movie, TV show, uh, if you saw The Suicide Squad, great. Um, John Cena's Peacemaker is getting his whole show <laughs> directed, writ, writer and direct, or written and directed by James Gunn. Um, and it's, it just looks ridiculous. It looks like it's going to be just nonstop stupid action comedy. Um, and I can get behind that. It premieres uh, 13th uh, on <laughs> HBO Max. Sorry, January 13th. I saw 13th and I'm like, oh, not yet. Um, speaking of things that are out, though, season two or season four of um, Injustice, not Injustice, Young Justice is out or started, um, <laughs> which is fantastic. Uh, but the best movie-wise that they dropped is there was a like a super teaser trailer for The Flash, um, and in it you have we get to see two different versions of The Flash, like two different timeline versions of Barry, uh, and Supergirl is there too, um, with some sneak peeks of Keaton Batman. You get to see the cowl in the shadows and shit, and I'm, I like I. Oh, oh. <laughs> This movie, this is the only movie I've been excited for, um, because, one, when they announced Keaton Batman, fuck yes, um, but even Ezra Miller, I, I love Ezra Miller, uh, mm -hmm. even with that whole, there's that whole questionable thing that happened with the fan thing, I don't know, I, I don't know what happened with that, hopefully it wasn't as, I don't know whatever i no ever it was literally like it happened and then nothing else was talked about it um but still looks good it i think it looks good i highly recommend it check it out it's like a minute and a half maybe teaser trailer with barely anything in it but 
enough to get you super fucking hyped because you get to see both of the like costumes. Um, mm-hmm. The last best things though that came out from this new Gotham Knights trailer, uh, focusing so like heavily on Corda Owls, um, mm-hmm. which I one Corda Owls is one of my favorite more recent oh, yeah. uh, Batman stories. Uh, and two, the fact that this is the Court of Owls without Bruce Wayne. Because in this universe, Bruce is dead. Um, <laughs> most likely he's not, because, you know, whatever. Um, but it looks great. I highly recommend, recommend checking the trailer out. Um, we get a little bit of everybody, a little bit of action, a little bit of gameplay. Uh, a lot of the talents. Um, but we also got a new trailer for Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Which uses um, the hives tick tick boom, and I've I've decided that that is that song should have been used for everything Suicide Squad related because it makes perfect <laughs> sense. Um, it looks great. Uh, again, this one was more. We still haven't gotten any gameplay yet, but it's rock steady. So I kind of I think people believe in them a little bit more than than. Uh, I think we needed to see gameplay of Gotham Knights. Because mm-hmm. that team, uh, I think that's Montreal, Montreal, right? Yeah. Warner Brothers Montreal, yeah, um, has a little bit more to prove than Rocksteady. Um, mm-hmm. And from what it looks like, people have been really focusing on the fact that, like, in the trailer, you see because Brainiac is like the big bad that's controlling all of the the Justice League. Uh, but every shot that you see of Wonder Woman, she's the only one that hasn't been controlled. So, hmm. who knows? Maybe Wonder Woman just has ex- ex- uh, been able to resist. That's the word that I'm trying to think of. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? I don't know. We know nothing except it looks fucking cool. And it has great music. Um, mm-hmm. uh, everything else... Not, there was some cool comic news. Um, Milestone, comic is coming, Milestone Comics are coming back with more seasons of their characters. They talked more about the fact that that live action static shock movies in the works. Uh, they did mm-hmm. announce that there is actually a milestone animated film that's in the works, which is actually, actually really cool too. Uh, but overall, like eh, again, four hours of nothing, mm. very little, not nothing. Yeah. Are you excited for anything DC? I mean, there's not a lot. Um, I agree with you that the Batman trailer was, pretty lame yeah <laughs> it didn't really excite me for another coming of batman i wanted um, i was so excited too because i think he looks i think he looks great i think he could do a good job in that first trailer i'm like oh serious relatively serious he's not whatever mm-hmm. there's that scene in the trailer where he like fake punches the the window as he's in an interrogate or interrogating a guy in prison and i'm like this is stupid <laughs> don't <Yeah>. go <laughs> 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 The um, I don't know. I mean, Batman. For me, even the Christopher Nolan movies were not amazing films to me because Batman is supposed to be a figure of intimidation. Mm-hmm. Now, in the comics, of course, like he has his down moments. He gets beaten up badly. He gets fucked up pretty badly. And the comics have been more playing to like his overall intelligence, which I think people like a lot. Is yeah. oh, he's got prep time. He can beat anybody, right? But I want to see more of a return to a darker Batman where it's more about him 
instilling fear in the people who would otherwise do bad things. Well, the um, only thing that I defend this movie for at all is this, this is supposed to be not a direct adaptation, but closer to something like Year One. So mm-hmm. it is a, a newbie Batman kind of thing. Yeah. But still, it just... Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not feeling it just from the trailers alone. We'll have to wait to see. I'm hoping Black Adam is you know, good. I hope they stick with sort of the tone they went with in Shazam to begin with. Yeah. They've um, got a lot of characters in this movie too. You've already got, um, oh no, I can't even remember. I know Dr. Fate's supposed to be in it. At, at mm-hmm. least Dr. Fate. That alone, I'm like, that's, that's a big, a big person to just drop on people. Yeah. <laughs> um, who knows? I mean, DC has not been at the same level that Marvel has as far as capturing sort of the minds of just a popular fan base. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be people who stick to their guns and they really like DC stuff. Court of Owls, amazing comic run. I loved Court of Owls so much, and it was one of the more recent Batman comics I'd even bought just to read, because I'm like, I want to buy some Batman, I don't know what to buy, and then I found this run that was volumized at the time, and I was like, alright, let me get that. Um, and read the entire thing. But I just want to see DC like back on their game, return to the roots of these characters and let them be who they are. You don't need to do the interconnected universe thing that Marvel is doing right now. Give these characters standalone films or even just series, but let them return to the roots of who their character actually is. And then you can find ways to tie them together. I feel like we've (laughs) talked about that so many times too, is that their DC is set up perfect for, stand on the movies because they have those like Elseworlds tales and stuff like that the Dark Knight Returns all the, basically what they do with the animated series they'll do their interconnected animated world but they also do the mm-hmm. they just put out fucking Long Halloween I haven't watched it yet they did a two part movie animated movie of Long Halloween and I'm like if it's anything like some of the other things they've done I'll be great I'm super excited yeah um we're also in a yeah. weird, weird, weird world right now at DC, where in the comics, literally everything is canon. Um, mm-hmm. Out after uh, the events of Dark Knight's me- Death Metal, it it was like, hey, fucking everything, everything's real. <laughs> that guy died. He did die, but he also didn't die. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I actually had somebody. Um, our friend slash old co-worker Ian uh, made a post about um, the fact that DC had Jonathan Kent aka the current Superman like the full on current Superman of Earth um, came out as bi or is about to come out as bi they like confirmed it on coming or national coming out day um, yeah which man how fucked up that is they, they outed him before <laughs> he outed himself in the comic um, yeah but uh, somebody in the comments was like, I mean, technically he's not actually really his son. It's been retconned that he doesn't actually exist or they're not related. And I'm like, uh, actually, <laughs> I just like, I um actually him in the comics comments being like, uh, everything's canon. DC straight up was like, yeah, fucking everything's canon. That's what we're doing now. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, there's always... There's going to be stuff shoehorned in. It's just the realm of comics. You can't really avoid that. Yeah. Well, it's also you know? the people that are like, <laughs> they don't pay attention. 
they mm-hmm. they immediately were like, Superman, fuck you, Superman's not gay. Clark Kent would never, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, one, it's not Clark Kent. It is Superman. Clark Kent's not Superman right now. Um, maybe well, you should read a comic. <laughs> that happens every time, though, is the supposed nerdy fan base of comics and video games always come out of the woodwork when this stuff happens. And they ultimately expose themselves about how little they actually know about the lore of any of these characters because they're just in it to honestly punch down (laughs) at the end of the day that's let's not talk about punching down we already said we were going (laughs) to avoid certain topics today i am but i mean that's that's what they do and it sucks and we don't really need them as part of these fan bases and luckily um a lot of them are just going away honestly there's more of them in bear themselves a lot of them just finally creep back in the shadows never to be heard from again either that or they die because they're old yeah um but there are specific outrage jockeys at, out there none of them that i will name by name but they they keep that stuff going outrage um, jockeys. that's what they are they're just they're peddlers of outrage they make they literally make shit up like on the spot and tell blatant ass lies about media to whip people up into a frenzy about it oh, it's, it's the people that are like there's no way Ray should be able to use the force that way. I'm like, you, you basically, she's just female Luke. Luke did the mm-hmm. exact same thing. Go fuck yourself. Um, yeah. Or Brie Lar- or w- with Brie Larson and, and uh, Captain Marvel being like, sh- they made her a Mary Sue. Well, I forget his name. It's the guy who played fucking Shaggy once. Went on a fucking rant. Once? About Ray. Yeah. I forget his name. You're saying the once? guy who played... No, not, the guy who played you're not talking about Matthew Lillard right Matthew Lillard he he has been playing Shaggy since he played the live action okay. Shaggy I don't mean he played Shaggy once what I meant is he once went on a rant about oh, okay. <laughs> Ray using the force and like all these nerds who were upset about that he's like it's fucking space magic man like you don't have to have an explanation for it <laughs> my, I was gonna say my favorite my favorite is um Sam Whitwer Whitwer yeah mm-hmm. uh he is like the biggest fucking Star Wars nerd in a good way. I, it, mm-hmm. From what I've seen, at least a good way. He's very much like a, I know my shit, but I also mm-hmm. am not going to let you talk shit about this in in like that. Oh, she shouldn't yeah. be that powerful. Um, like to the point that he <laughs> he literally had a moment in um, Dave Filoni. That's his name, the creator of uh, Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, he in like. A script read or something he pointed out he's like hey um he wouldn't say this and he's like what it's like yeah because they've met before um and, so, and basically like did that whole like this is a thing that you should know man come on <laughs> i mean that's that's the magic of star wars there right is anyone can be touched by the force at any time anyone can become powerful in force at any time with or without training and yeah. we even see that all that in Star Wars Visions. I mean, we got an entire episode that we're like, this should be the pilot for an anime. And we've got a girl who's got a clear lightsaber, something we've never seen so in Star Wars cool. before. Just the idea um, of a, color, a, a lightsaber that color or that changes depending on your like inner yeah. self or whatever. Yes. And the fact that she's like powerful enough to fend off like these two bounty hunters who have been running around the galaxy, you know, killing Jedi. And then have her own duel with a Sith. Like, straight up, like, the Force is literally just fucking magic. Like, let it go. It doesn't need to be tied to some specific lore. We ignore midichlorians. We just accept that they kind of exist, but don't really count them. 
it doesn't have to be like this super like hard magic system, right? It's soft magic in the best way. <laughs> anybody can anybody can be touched by the force at any time. Anyone can become powerful in the force at any time, and fanboys just have to let that go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and anybody can be a super powerful he- he- uh, superhero. Yes, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean how even even Marvel finally came to their senses because at one point they were like, we can't have a, a female villain. Are you kidding me? And then we had Hela, and then everybody was like, oh shit, more female villains. Yes. At the end of the day, I mean, the best superhero origin stories that most people know of are people becoming superheroes by fucking accident in the first place. <laughs> like, Spider-Man wasn't chosen to be Spider-Man. <laughs> Like, no magical force come down and said, yes, you are the man with the abilities of a spider. <laughs> like, no one did that. He walked into a fucking lab, he got bit by a goddamn spider. Like, that's how we got Spider-Man. Same with Miles. His his uncle happened to walk into the lab, same lab, and uh, accidentally steal a spider? Yeah. I mean, those are the best stories there, because it tells you, it is the idea of anybody can be a superhero at any time. Right? The entire... Like, just by idea of into the spider-verse yes and it like the best superhero stories play on that hero's journey thing is the accident that happens is the call to action for that hero like so just just let it go people ray doesn't need to be trained at a jedi temple somewhere and you know learn all learn all seven forms of lightsaber combat and all that shit like that and in all honesty (laughs) if she did she would have been killed look at all the other ones (laughs) Let's, let's think of the two the two Jedi that still survive that we knew of. Uh, Rey, super powerful with the Force, and uh, Grogu, who just mm-hmm. was stolen away. Yeah. Never dealt with anybody. Now, sure, he's back with Luke, and guess what? Probably dead. Um, <laughs> killed by know how, Fred's, uh, nephew. You um, know how the family and children are, so... <laughs> All right, I think I think we've gone enough. We, we're gonna anger someone, and it's okay. We should. Um, as always, thank you for joining us on another episode of Space Time Taco. Follow us on all the social media. Keep an eye out because I got a booster box of Pokemon cards, and I'm gonna do some some opening unpacking on stream, along with maybe playing Death Loop. I don't know. I'll fucking finally <laughs> play it eventually. Um, yeah, follow me. Yep. Space, there's space on Taco. I, technically, I mean, I run it too. But time will read it. <laughs> Follow me at the little teapot. I'm pointing somewhere on the screen. He'll eventually there, there. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> go inside and play video. Bye bye. <laughs>